waiters, it's Z, your favorite podcast host. Welcome to another episode of the Real Love series presented by While We're Waiting, the podcast. I've come to the realization that I am not ready for marriage, especially after hearing my interview with today's special Real Love series couple, the Whitakers. They've been married for 41 years, so their advice on how to cultivate a successful, thriving marriage has got to be true. Now, the Whitakers make it clear that getting married is easy, but staying married is the part that takes work. However, this kind of work isn't necessarily a bad thing if both parties commit to God first and to each other second. They also share why people should not walk down the aisle until their vision is not just realized, but carried out. So many gems are dropped in this episode, so I hope you've got your popcorn, notepad, and a pen in hand. Enjoy this Real Love Series episode entitled, Be Faithful and Know Your Vision, featuring Reverends Alfonso and Angie Whitaker. Hey, waiters, and I am so excited. I have our featured guest, Reverend and Mrs. Whitaker. I'm going to have them go ahead and introduce themselves. Say hello to the waiters first for me, you all. Hello, waiters. Hello, waiters. How you all doing? I know they're excited like I am. So please tell everyone a little bit about yourselves. My name is Reverend Alfonso Whitaker. I am the founder. My wife is the co-founder of Peacemakers Inc. I'm in ministry full-time. It's an outreach evangelistic ministry. And I currently work as the complaint intake specialist with the city of Tallahassee Office of the Inspector General. And I do that full-time, but I'm also in ministry full-time. And we've been married now for 40 one years hello wow. somebody 41 hello. years that is so amazing how, how did y'all meet now you, you asking for a miraculous story so we won't go into all of those <laughs> details but god ordained it and orchestrated it that he connected us at a two-week summer camp job at walker ford community center my husband he wasn't my mm -hmm. husband then but mm -hmm. he was working there full time and I was getting ready to leave for a professional position in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And someone told me about a two week summer camp job at Walker Ford and go see if I can earn some chump change. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, God was setting us up for something bigger than we could imagine. Yes. Wow. And so did you know as soon as you saw your lovely wife, Reverend Ritiker, that she was the one or how did you start? you know, this whole relationship? Well, when I look back at it, I saw her, I think, two or three times before Walker Ford Center. We mm -hmm. never did really meet to talk. I saw one mm -hmm. day she had a sign up for a car wash. Mm -hmm. And I was passing. I thought to myself, a lady washing my car? My car is already clean. I, I saw it in a church. Uh, a young guy had a uh, cardiac arrest one night, mm -hmm. or she was mm -hmm. there. Uh, I think I was ushering that night. And, you know, we did not talk, but I saw her there. Mm -hmm. And at Walker Ford Community Center, I saw her because I was one of the assistant center directors. And when mm -hmm. I saw her, I looked at her. You know, I said to myself, 
she's very attractive. I mean, she's beautiful. You know, like the Bible says, she's beautiful and mm-hmm. well favored. Come on now. Uh-huh. You know, she was a Christian. I knew that. We had prayed together. I knew she could pray. She was mm-hmm. very intelligent, smart, quiet, nice, polite. And I thought to myself, I said, when I was a young guy, and I thought about it, when I was a young guy sitting outside uh, one night, it was, you know, getting a little dark, and I was mm-hmm. looking at the sky. And you think, you know, when you're young, you say to yourself, one day I want to get married. And you think mm-hmm. of this person, you know, you, you know, pure, you know, here, here, beautiful and all. And when I saw her, I said to myself, this is a person that I've dreamed of for my life. This mm-hmm. is a dream that has come true. And I wanted to put it in. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> okay. I'm going to hold back the tears on this episode as well. Well, Mrs. Whitaker, was that the same sentiment? You saw him and you were like, that's my Boaz? Or did you take some time before you were like, okay, I think that I could, I can hang with this guy. Okay, so Dr. Z, I'm so glad that you opened the door because I, I didn't want to go into a whole lot of details because of the podcast time frame. But I think it's, it's beneficial to give God glory in how he pulled us together. And mm-hmm. for me, I have been so disappointed. And we're talking about waiters and waiting. I've mm-hmm. been waiting and got my de- degrees, my bachelor's, my master's. And people say, go get your doctor. I said, no, I want an MRS. That's what mm-hmm. I was hungry for. But mm-hmm. I had, had a couple of relationships because I didn't date a whole lot of people. But through my high school years and everything, I would always say, Lord, if this is not who you want for me, I don't want him. That's me. I, I tested some waters and I found out different things that I didn't like in guys and what I did like in guys. Mm-hmm. And I found that I wanted somebody to be truthful. There was a guy in my life that I just knew he was the one because he was a preacher's son. And Mm -hmm. I just knew he was going to give me a ring and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, he did give me a ring for Christmas. He gave me a birthstone ring. I was Mm -hmm. highly disappointed. Mm -hmm. Through that time of dating, when I would ask God, is this the one? I would have something in my spirit that discomforted me, agitated me. or I just knew something's not right. What's not right in this Mm -hmm. relationship? And I continued to wait and went through that particular relationship. I realized that he told me I was not the only fish in the sea. And Mm. I said, Lord, that's it. That's what's not right about the relationship. I said, if I'm not the only fish in the sea, I won't be in the sea. Come on. Oh, my. That's a word. So from that point, I took a change of direction. My heart was hurting because I'm in college and I'm thinking, when am I going to get a mate? When I want a husband. Mm-hmm. I want a boyfriend, point blank. But mm-hmm. I decided to court God. And I said, Lord, I want to court you. And I'm going to allow you to court the man. I didn't want to get caught up in what he looked like, what he had, or anything like that. I just wanted to focus on the Lord. I wrote the Lord love letters. I sang to him songs, although I couldn't care much of a tune. But I did. <laughs> he was my daddy. And in courting God, I compiled a list of things that I wanted in a mate. Mm-hmm. I leaned on two particular scriptures. One in Psalms 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your, of heart. your heart. 
I leaned also to Proverbs 13. And a verse there said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So I held on to scriptures during this time of courting God. It took about a year. And lo and behold, I was invited to be a usher at a, a coach, a football coach's banquet. I didn't realize mm -hmm. guys were going to be there because I, I was getting guys out of my mind. I didn't even want to look at them when I talked to them. And in the course <laughs> of awakening happening, hear all these guys coming in and I'm thinking, whoa, buddy, what am I going to mm -hmm. do? Trying to bring the story short. While I'm about to eat my food, I, I faced the wall about two six foot tables down from me as i'm going to put a bite of food in my mouth i look up the room is dark but i look up glance down the table and i see this guy who happens to be my husband now but i mm -hmm. see this guy and there was a light shining around his face now some would say a halo mm. it was not a halo over his head but it was similar to a halo around his face I got startled because it felt to me like Moses seeing the burning bush that wasn't burning. Mm. And I couldn't hardly eat then. I looked up again. I said, is this what I see? Now, this is a Friday night, mm -hmm. a Saturday night. So I look up again and the light is still there. They're showing a video behind me and I'm saying, okay, he's in the line of sight of the screen. Mm. He was not. So truly oh. I was shaking. So the next night, my pastor who was at that banquet asked me and my girlfriend to usher at the sunday urban league sunday now i didn't know that was going to be a jam-packed church okay <laughs> and plus i came from ame church mm -hmm. a, a primitive baptist church had a little more shouting clapping of the hands and all this kind of stuff get folks getting what we call happy mm. i didn't know how to deal with that as a young usher in the course of service there was what we thought somebody getting happy and through my door that i'm ushering on boom this guy comes through the door he goes down the back wall down the side wall down to the front i learned later that he was going as he said to see the guy who was having a cardiac arrest i didn't know it was cardiac mm. he told me that but as he burst through my door goes down that wall i say that's the same dude from last night and i'm starting wow. with but now this is was the clincher. I heard a voice, not in my ear, not in my head, not outside of me, but in the core between my breast, in my chest. I heard a voice just as vivid, just as clear that says, I sure wouldn't mind marrying him. Whoa, I got to see my chest trying to knock that off. I just like, I don't even know this dude. How can wow. I where would that yeah. thought come from? What I see now, Dr. Z, because I had committed that full year of just seeking God and not looking at guys, mm -hmm. he had to do something miraculous and marvelous to catch my attention, to point out, this is the one that I chose for you. I didn't know it. Friday later is when I got word to go check on this job at summer camp for, at Walker Ford. Mm -hmm. I go trying up there. I'm supposed to ask for Mr. Joe Thomas. I get inside the community center, which was so out of my comfort zone. because I'm not used to going to community centers. Mm -hmm. But I'm in there and I ask the kids, 
I said, I'm here to see Mr. Thomas. Well, Mr. Thomas is not here, but Mr. Whitaker is here. Would you like to see him? Yes, please. They go and get Mr. Mr. Whitaker. Mr. Whitaker comes to the lobby, not face front. He comes to the lobby with his backside towards mm -hmm. the front because he's wiping the baseboard, cleaning up the facility. When he comes to the lobby, turns around and looks at me, I about fell out. I said, okay, <laughs> you really have my attention. And now mm. that Friday, Saturday was the car wash day. Mm -hmm. I applied for the job and I'm sitting there. He lets me sit at his desk. While I'm sitting there, all these kids coming, looking at me, staring at me, looking through the window. And I'm getting so <laughs> nervous, you know, because it's not my comfort zone anyway. Mm -hmm. Here again, fast forward. Once we did start talking, he told me the reason the kids were looking at me because nobody sat in Mr. Whitaker's desk. Oh. They were that there was somebody and a female sitting at <laughs> Mr. Whitaker's desk. Is that you know? right now? Yes. <laughs> so that, it, it was just amazing. That's why I say it was a, a miraculous move of God. He brought us together. And he had plans beyond our imagination of what we could have. More than just dating, more than just having a marriage, but being, as that scripture said, a tree of life. And even after we got to the point that we realized this is who we want, we felt it was God ordained and God appointed. We were able to realize the scripture is true. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, waiters. Sometimes you feel like my my hope is waning. I'm getting desperate. I just don't know when you're gonna come through for me, Lord. But Speak he's on it. hey, hold on. You rely on God, delight yourself in him. And truly now, I made my list. I had things on, things on <laughs> I don't want a football player because if he me, he may squeeze me to death. Oh, but man. I don't want him to be thin as a toothpick either. Because I want to feel him when I hug him. Come okay. on now. That's on my list too, Mrs. Whitaker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Y'all story is so amazing. And I appreciate you giving me the giving me all of the details because I really think it'll help people realize that something that you touched on, Mrs. Whitaker, was you had degrees under your belt and you were concerned that that would intimidate your spouse and my girlfriend and I were actually just talking about that earlier today because I was telling her that I think it's important for us to start normalizing for women especially that it's okay for you to get your education for you to travel to, for you to get to know who you are and even if the clock strikes and now you're 30 years old there's nothing wrong with you if you meet somebody so reverend why did you do you feel like Mrs. Whitaker having more degrees actually made you go like, you know what? That makes me like her even more. Or how did you handle her having these degrees? And what can you tell young men, especially that if you meet a woman who is accomplished, that you should not be intimidated by that? Because I've experienced that a lot. Number one, I think a person should be or feel confident within themselves. Yes. Whether or not their spouse or spouse-to-be has a degree or not. Now, I do believe in education. I believe in degrees. Sometimes people have trades. They're in a certain area. But a right. person should not be intimidated because their spouse have degrees, especially a guy. 
He should not be intimidated. I talked to a guy uh, the other night and I told him, why should a person be upset because their wife makes more money Speak than on they it. do? Come on now. I said to myself, you know, they need prayer. They need mm -hmm. to pray. You know, with me, I said, look, it's more money coming into the household. That's good. I'd rather really have a wife that's working, making money, and making more money than having a wife that's not working. <laughs> and then you have a tendency to have problems. Come on now. But a person should not be intimidated because their wife has more degrees than them or the wife is making more money. Resources should come into the house because you're married, you're one, and it should be for the household. It's not to make her better. It's to make you as one better in the marriage. There we go. So what would you say, in you all's opinion, is the most important resource for a marriage to work? What's that number one thing that both parties need to bring to the table in order for the marriage to be successful and to thrive? Okay, I would say you need God. I mean, I'm just upfront. You need God in your life. My advice would be, and not just because I'm a minister, if you do not have someone that you are relating to or that you want to be married to that's not saved, it's easy to get saved. You need to ask them to accept Jesus Christ in their life or accept God in their life so that they can be saved. That's number one. That's key. If you don't have a person that has a relationship with God, you're going to have problems down the line. Now you can have, you know, we can talk finances, we can talk communication, we can talk about, you know, doing the right thing. But first of all, you need someone that's saved or someone that has a relationship with God. Because God is the one that is bringing you together in marriage. God is the one that's going to help you out. If you wait, God has someone for everybody. I believe that in my heart. He has someone mm. for everybody. Now, sometimes we get too impatient. Sometimes we don't wait. And then we go and do things. And once we come out, we end up not getting God's best. Amen. God mm. has his best in mind when he created us as his best in mind. But sometimes we miss the best because we go trying something else out or we do this or we make mistakes here, makes mistakes here, and we end up not getting God's best for us. Yes, may I add a little point there? Yes, you, please. You made comment about uh, and basically feeling inferior or for the person who's waiting, who's seeking God. I agree. God is primary. And we know that there are marriages that people say they're happy and they have successful and they don't have God. We say your mm -hmm. relationship, your relationship can be far better with God as the forefront and priority in your individual life and in your life as a couple. And when it comes to say getting degrees or having that unction, to study and to go and get a certain a skill set or a career that could be part of that path that trajectory that god is leading you on to connect you to the person that he has for you yeah. and preparing you for to be attractive to that person that he has for you it's amazing how god he's alpha and omega beginning and end eternity to eternity so he knows exactly where Dr. Z is going to be 10 years from day. 
from the right. day. I know you're saying I don't want to wait that long. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he knows where the waiter is going to be five years from the day after they finish a certain degree. That when they go on that internship, that that's where that spouse is waiting, who's also waiting for the virtuous woman. Mm -hmm. So in our waiting, we just say, Lord, we trust you. We rest in you. The Lord our God in the midst of us is mighty. He knows to coordinate, plan, organize, connect the dots. And you, we stand amazed thinking it was a miracle. God said, that's just me. <laughs> that's, I, that's how I do things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you all have been married for over 40 years and you all said y'all have God as a forefront. So with him there and you all living with one another, 10 years have gone by. What did you learn about yourself through Reverend Whitaker, Mrs. Whitaker at that 10 year mark? What did you learn about yourself? I, I treasure him because through the years, he has helped me to see uh, my value or mm -hmm. to help pull and bring out that potential in me, to, to see possibility in me, and to propel me forward. Times when I didn't think that I could do this or do that, he said, yes, you can. Come on, For man. example, writing. He would say, he just said that last night. He said, you're a writer. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. But he builds me up. He supports me. He strengthens me. And that self-realization that I bring value to the table. I, I learned that a lot from him. All right. And Reverend, what have you learned about yourself through your missus? I've learned a whole lot. One thing I think about is before you get married, you hear so much, you see so much. Mm -hmm. You know, my father just passed uh, last year. And My condolences. Was, thanks. Last he year, was, not like six months ago. Yeah, it was in uh, November. It was in November. But uh, he was married to my mother, who is still alive, for almost 74 years. Wow. So you wow. have examples like that. You have other examples that you look in. You're around the church. You have examples. But I think closely at the good times, the bad times that sometimes people don't, they just don't say it right, I don't think, because you can feel very comfortable in having a good Christian, healthy marriage Amen. if you work at it. And what I'm saying, when I say work at it, you know, I, I don't want people to think that marriage is it's work. I want to. I want to say it right because a, a lot of times people say it, and I think we're saying the same thing. Marriage mm -hmm. is work in a sense, but when you look at it, marriage is not work. Marriage is easy because mm -hmm. you get wedded to someone. It's the relationship in the marriage that takes work. There we go. It takes work on her. It takes work on him. But marriage is simple. You come together as one. You enjoy each other. You can just sit down and plan your marriage. Everything works beautiful. But it's the relationships in marriage. It's the coming together that you're living together. It's when you start having children. It's the in-laws. It's other things that you deal with that start making marriage work. Making it work. If you sit down, pray, 
If you get up in the morning and pray, you and your spouse, and say, I'm going to have a great day because I'm married, you will see your marriage works beautiful. Amen. Now you go to work, you may have or encounter problems. Traveling mm -hmm. to work, you may encounter problems. If you have children, you may encounter problems. But once you come to your spouse, you talk, you comfort each other, you pray, you find out marriage is beautiful. But the relationships sometimes are not as beautiful as people would want them. But you can come into a marriage, into a relationship, and feel very comfortable and have a beautiful, healthy marriage if that's what you want. Remember, God is on our side. The enemy is attacking us. God is on our side. God is alive. And if God is alive and we believe and trust in God, God is doing everything he can to keep us married to be a good example. Amen. Amen. Well, what is y'all's take on this question? Who should not get married? <laughs> <laughs> Who is marriage not cut out for? Oh, we can come up with a a, a variety of adjectives. <laughs> a, a, a person that's in addictions, abusive, belligerent, dogmatic, uh, not uh, not walking with the Lord, demanding, um, condescending, all all those negative attributes. If a person yields themselves to what we call the carnal nature or the fleshly nature, they work out of their emotions mm. as opposed to praying and seeking God's face, then that person needs to stay away from trying to connect with somebody else or the other person is going to have heartache and heartbreak. And then when you think about it, a person that's not financially stable. Ooh, touch on it now, Real. Touch on it. A person that they don't have vision. You know, you, you talk to some people and they're not going anywhere. If you marry them, they're working on a job for a year or two. Then they decide, I want to travel for a year or two. How are you going to travel if you don't have any money? <laughs> you don't own a house and you're renting. Then you want to come back and, you know, you want to work at Walmart. And nothing's wrong with Walmart, but you want to work at Walmart or doing, you know, picking up trash and anything for a year. And then, you know, but there's no vision. You know, and where you're going, a lack of appropriate action to to work toward a goal. When you see these kind of people, I'm telling you now, run. Yep, he said, run. run. Yeah, and I mean that's a, it goes back to what I'm talking about, a relationship with God, and all of this boils down to a relationship with God. If you mm -hmm. see a person that doesn't have a relationship with God, you can talk with them, you can be nice with them, but don't talk about taking them home. Because if a person doesn't respect God, don't expect them to respect you Ooh. or your children, anything else, because they have no respect for God. And sometimes you may have waiters that say, well, you know, he's not saved. We'll get married. He gets saved. I know people that we have advised not to marry because they were not saved. You marry that person. Ten years later, he's still not saved. He's still not going to church. And then you have a big problem with that. So, wow. you know, they need that relationship with God. That, 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 that's key. And if they don't have that, you know, don't marry a broke person or person that has 10 credit cards and both of them, all 10 are to the max. Mm -hmm. Give them a chance to clean that up. And then you can talk marriage because they're coming to the marriage and they will abuse your money. Wow. 
And Dr. Z, yes, the question you presented to us is who should not get married? And, and sometimes we think about who we should not marry. And those mm -hmm. characteristics that we described are things that should send up antennas and red flags. So mm -hmm. that if, if I'm in that position of, of carrying those characteristics, no, I should be considered other person of the other person and not marry that person because I'm not about doing anything. But if I'm looking for a helpful and happy marriage relationship, then I mm -hmm. need to be able to little signals that flag me in the way. In for instance, if a person tends to nag while I'm dating them, they're likely to nag when I'm <laughs> married to them. And that goes male, female. A man can be a nag just as much as a woman can be a nag. So if that person mm. is impatient while I'm dating them and they just always own me, but you never on time, you can't do this. Let's listen to those signals. Yes. Because it's likely that you cannot change that person. We there can we change go. ourselves, but we cannot change that person. They have to want to do it on their own. I'm hearing be vigilant waiters. That's what I'm hearing. You need to be vigilant and listen to when your spirit is telling you to either run to or away from that person. That's I great. love it. So we are getting close to the to the end, and I'm thoroughly enjoying y'all's conversation. I'm having a, a good time. I'm learning so much. I'm I'm taking it all in. Can we are you all? Well, I'm glad because y'all y'all are for one hilarious, but two filled with so much wisdom. So that's why, in terms of advice, what's a piece of advice you would give to married individuals who are listening in who? want to continue to one day say we've been married for 30 plus years three things pop out right together be faithful be loyal be trustworthy i mean those are the top three things that i think god looks at now th th there's many more because marriage is a lifetime commitment right you need to have that vision now our vision is we will love each other and model a healthy Christian relationship. Every year, you need to have goals. Go over your goals. What are you going to do? Not only for three months, six months for the year, but have goals for the future. One thing God told us a long time ago when we start counseling or helping couples, he said, tell them to have a family altar. Mm. We're not talking about seeking uh, out of God, but a family altar. Have some place that they can come in and seek God individually and have a place that they can come in and see God together. I mm. think any I Christian woman would love to see her husband kneeling at that altar seeking God for direction. Amen. Period. Sometimes guys approach me and they say, well, man, she don't trust me. She doesn't do this or she mm. doesn't believe in me. And I say, does she ever see you seeking God? Wow. I do this good. privately. She needs to see you reading the scriptures. She needs to see you praying. Yes. Yes. And then they have that faith. They can build that faith up within you. If they want longevity, in marriage, they need to build their marriage on the word of God. That means they need to study the Bible. You I can't be just holy on Sunday or Saturday night. 
and then change <laughs> during the course of the week. You need That's to true. build your marriage on the word of God. What does God have to say? You need some rules in marriage that's gonna work. God Great. will always back his ruling. Then you need to learn how to hug each other, how to love each other, romance one another. Aww. You know, this is the right time to do this. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yeah, this is the right <laughs> time to do this, Come you know, on, in marriage. Another mm -hmm. key thing is, like I said, on a key thing is where there is unity, there is strength. Strength. Two coming together as one. You have to work together. Then read uh, marriage articles at least one a month. Read about other marriages. Read about what other people do. Read about mm -hmm. divorce because you don't want to get divorced. Those are right. some things that we will advise people. Mm -hmm. And the last thing would be stay together through thick and stand. There you go. Stay together. Don't give up. Say no to the D word, divorce. Amen. Stay together. God can work out any situation because God thought of marriage. Amen. He thought of this. We didn't. He thought of marriage and he knows how to work it. We just have to work it with each other in the relationships. Marriage is beautiful. Marriage is sweet. Marriage is lovable. Marriage is all of the above. It's the relationships. It's the people that we work with. It's our mate. It's the children. It's the in-laws. It's the friends. It's where you stay. All of those take a part in. But you know what? With prayer, we can work it all where all of it works for the good. Amen. Because that's what the Bible says. I love it. Mrs. Whitaker, your take? I would suggest that people lean to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, as it's known, about mm -hmm. being all things, being patient, kind, and all of that. And to put that in practical, practical application, I try to tell people, in, even in your marriage, court God, let God court the man. Ask God to love your spouse through you. Because God knows how to love your mate. He knows exactly where the mate may be hurting, where he needs built up, needs to be encouraged, empowered. So, Lord, use me as your vessel. Because we see marriage is ministry. It's ministry, that L-shaped love, we L-shaped vertical, we minister to the Lord. And then the bottom horizontal, we minister to others. So in our marriage relationship, I'm ministering to the Lord and yielding myself so that the Lord can minister to my husband for all that God has for him to do. Yes. I'm there as that, as the scripture says, a fruitful vine beside his house. Hello, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, somebody. So, oh, know, my we, gosh. Go ahead, Mrs. Whitaker. The principles of be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to mm, wrath. That's good. Uh, Quick to apologize, quick to repent, quick to forgive. Those things are essential yeah. to get over the humps and the pray, bumps that yeah, you're going to go pray through. To, you have to pray together. Mm -hmm. It's it's sad sometimes when we talk with couples, and especially ministers, mm -hmm. and they've been married for 20 years, and they don't pray together. Mm. They don't pray at night, even when they get in the bed together. And you say to yourself, how, how do y'all get in the bed together and you don't pray? 
You know, you have to pray together. You know, the Bible tells you where two or three are gathered together, God's in our midst. Two or three touching and agreeing, asking anything, it will come to pass. People that's in marriage, before marriage, they need to pray. But especially Amen. when you are married, you yes. and your spouse know what she's praying for. I can tell you a story about that. Know what she's praying for. Okay? <laughs> there you go. Y'all heard it here first, waiters. Y'all heard it here first. Well, well I have a good... I, oh. I want to share just one more key point. Of course, please. For the waiters. Be chaste. You don't have to have sex before you get married. In fact, it does not honor God. If you want to honor God, keep your virginity, keep your chastity, Save it for your spouse. It makes it far better in the relationship because you can give your body over to a sexual intimate relationship before you're married to that person and you may end up not marrying that person. And you have regrets. You may, the man that God has in store for you may not want used vessels. Mm. You have to think about that. That could be the very thing that turns away your, as you said, your Boaz or your boo. <laughs> Keep That's yourself chaste. Keep yourself holy. Be holy for the Lord. And if you have for those that may have made a mistake or crossed that line, all you have to do is ask God for forgiveness and start anew. Amen. God works with you. God forgives. God cares. He loves us and he will definitely take care of us. Okay. Amen. Amen. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this very insightful and delightful conversation. I don't know about you all waiters, but I took so much away from it. And Reverend and Mrs. Whitaker, I have one final question that I ask every couple featured on the Real Love series, which is if today was your final day with your spouse, what would be something that you would want them to know about you or about them or the marriage itself that was either good or something you just want to leave them parting words if God forbid it was your last day on earth? If I had a chance to do it again, I would choose my wife. Ooh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. Um, hello, somebody. Come on now. All right. And he yes. kept it short yes. and sweet with it. Okay, Mrs. Whitaker. Okay. This is something I tell him frequently. I let him know that he's my hero. He's my knight in shining armor. And I told him that before we got married. I've told him that throughout the days of our marriage. And he still forever shall be my hero and my knight in shining armor. Thank you so much, waiters, for tuning in to the Real Love series presented by While We're Waiting, the podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share today's episode. I'm your host, Z, and I hope you'll join me again next week to continue our four-episode special. Peace.